Take your Bible, turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes tonight, chapter number 10 this evening. Ecclesiastes chapter number 10. I'm probably going to preach a little something different for you tonight, but I hope it'll be a blessing, be a help to you tonight. Just going to read one verse of Scripture, and that is in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter number 10 and verse number 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse number 1. Dead flies caused the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. Lord, I pray tonight that you'll bless your word. Lord, help me to preach tonight. Lord, I want to thank you for both of these trios that sung to us tonight. Lord, they had a good touch on their lives, and I thank you for that. I want to thank you, Lord, for your folks that are faithful to the house of God tonight. And then, Lord, I certainly want to thank you for this dear pastor, his precious wife and the boys. And, Lord, just be around them. Makes me want to keep on keeping on. And I thank you for their kindness and hospitality. Lord, I pray you'll bless their young people this weekend as they go do the things they're going to do. Let those young people realize that somebody loves them, cares about them, wants to spend time with them. Lord, I just pray now, go with us tonight. We'll thank you for all you do. And all God's people said, you can be seated tonight. I get sermons in some interesting ways. A lot of times I'm out and things are going on. And when those things are going on, the Lord kind of speaks to my heart about something and I end up getting a message and putting it together just some interesting ways that that happens. Well, when God gave me this thought, this message, I was preaching in the Shenandoah Valley of uh, the state of Virginia. And uh, I was preaching there uh, at a church called the Church of Salzburg. It is a Baptist church, but just named after the area in which it is, which you see it. It is right in the valley of the Shenandoah Valley. Beautiful place. But it is a lot of country. And so it's country all around it. I'm talking about country, country all around it. Well, one day the pastor told me, he said, Brother Hazel, he said, if you don't mind, uh, tomorrow morning, if you would, uh, we want you to go with us and uh, meet uh, another preacher up in the country uh, for breakfast. He said, would you be willing to go? I said, sure, be happy to. He said, my son will join us and, and uh, we'll go up and we'll have a good time of fellowship. Well, we got up that morning. And sure enough, we head through twisty roads and country roads. We come into a little town that, I don't know if it had many people, it wasn't a lot. And there was a little mom and pop's restaurant that was sitting there on the main road that served meals three times a day. Probably was the only restaurant in the town that served meals three times a day. So we walked in. And there wasn't many people in there. And we sat down at a table in the corner. 
And when we set out the table in the corner, the lady come over to take our order, and I, I ordered for breakfast two pancakes. I like pancakes, good ones. I like good ones. And I ordered uh, two pancakes, and that's all I wanted. The preacher them, you know, they got gravy and biscuits. And if you ain't ate supper yet, I probably shouldn't say all this, but anyway. And they got grits and hash browns and toast, and, and I'm sitting there, look, excited about my two pancakes. Well. Sure enough, the lady brings our food out. And when she brings our food out, I notice something that bothers me. There are flies everywhere. I'm talking about, listen, there's a lot of things you don't mess with. Don't mess with my wife, my dog, and my pancakes. And you don't mess with those. And listen, I'm sitting there, and I'm swatting at a fly. I'm hitting at a fly. It's like I can't even take a bite of those pancakes without a fly. Now, they have a whole lot of cattle farms, a whole lot of things around there, and I guess it draws flies. It got so aggravating that I got up. I walked over to the lady. Two ladies were talking behind a, behind the counter over there. I said, ma'am, I asked her, I said, can I borrow a fly swatter? She looked at me and she said, sir, I can't let you have one. I said, what's wrong? She said, in the state of Virginia, where we're at in this county, you cannot kill a fly in a restaurant. You can't swat a fly in a restaurant. She said, we cannot swat them with fly swatters. She said, uh, we could be fine if we swat a fly with a fly swatter. I guess because maybe if you hit the fly, his guts would fly all over the food. I don't know. But anyway, so she said, and sir, y'all are setting, I'm going somewhere, stay with me. Y'all are setting, y'all are setting the worst table in the restaurant because they all like to get over there at that big glass window and, and, and fly around over there. So I'm going back to my seat thinking, well, I might not have no flash water, but I got a menu over here. And if one more of them flies on my pancake, I'm going to nail that joker. Amen? Well, I left there and I got the thought of thinking about the aggravation of flies. You know, listen, I'm telling you, you ever had a fly to fly around your house that sounds like a B-52 bomber? I mean, man, flies around. And you hear that thing and you think, my soul, I got to kill that thing. Listen, my dog, we have, uh, we have a yellow lab. And she's only two years old. And if you know anything about labs, when they're two years old, man, they are, they, they act like they're on crack cocaine. I mean, they're crazy. They're wide open. And my dog is wide open. And she loves to jump up in the air and catch whatever's flying by. She loves to try to snap flies out of the air. Well, I got to thinking about that a little bit. And then here's my weird mind. I started thinking about chapter 10 and verse number 1, probably because I'd read it recently. But it's an interesting chapter in the Word of God. You know that Solomon is pinning this down. One of the smartest men that ever lived, though he did some very not smart things. But I want you to notice in chapter 10, verse number 1, that there's something important about this apothecary, and I don't want you to miss this tonight. Notice that an apothecary was one that would make the fragrance for the king. In other words, the apothecary 
would be one that would put the best ingredients, uh, make the best fragrance for a king that is possible. In other words, if you think about it like this, the best perfume or the best cologne, whatever it might be, that apothecary would make it. And the room and everything around the king. And when the king were to have it around the, uh, the king would have that aroma and that apothecary could be proud of the fragrance that was around the king. And so in chapter 10, verse number 1, the Bible says that the dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. Now, I want you to notice this. You and I, now stay with me a moment, and I'll show you where I'm going. You and I tonight are to be a fragrance for the King of Glory. I mean, when you get around us, there ought to be an attractiveness to Christ. There ought to be a part of our life that draws other people to Christ. There ought to be a part of us that other people want to be around church. They want to be around Christians. Uh, Listen, don't put honk if you love Jesus on the back of your car and then get mad at somebody if they honk the horn at you. Amen. You ought to make sure that you are a fragrance for a king. And so this apothecary is making the very best fragrance. Here is Solomon. Here is the kingdom. Everything about it is kingdom for a king. And the apothecary is going to make his very best. Now listen. Have you ever been around Christians sometime that just don't seem like uh, they're a good fragrance for Christ? I'll never forget. Uh, I love teenagers. As a matter of fact, of all the meetings I do a year, I'll probably do eight or ten youth camps and preaching to young people. I've been doing it for years. I'm getting old enough and they still have me doing it for some reason. But I enjoy doing that. But anyway, uh, we took some teenagers out on visitation. I'm talking about cold door knocking visitation. And uh, uh, one of the young men was with me. And, uh, you know, he's with the pastor, so he's going out visiting, knocking on the door. And we knocked on the door of this house. And I knew it was going to be rough as soon as the lady opened the door. I said, ma'am, how are you? I'm not interested. I said, well, ma'am, and I thought this will help. Uh, I'm Pastor Chris Hazel, Calvary Baptist Church. I go to church. And I said, and I said, ma'am, I said, I'm glad just wanted to stop by. I knew she was going to like my next question. I said, well, ma'am, I know you go to church, but I said, do you know the Lord as your Savior? Buddy, she got mad. Yes, I know the Lord as my Savior. That's personal. And slammed the door. Now, I'm (laughs) I'm standing there with a teenager. And he's looking at somebody just slam the door in his pastor's face. So i got to think of something real theological to say to this teenager. We're standing there. We're walking off the porch. This kid's kind of looking at me. I guess one if I was mad, wanted to slap her or whatever, looking at me. And I looked at that teenager and I said, two things I want to share. I said, number one, I'm glad I'm saved. Amen. And I said, number two, I'm glad she's not a member of my church. (laughs) Amen. 
Praise God, we went on. Why? Because she did not have the fragrance that a child of God ought to have. You and I, if you'll stay with me, I'll show you something tonight. You and I ought to have a fragrance as a child of God that attracts others. Amen. Isn't that why? Listen, you put on, you put on ladies perfume, you men, I put on cologne if you wear it, you know, a little dab do you, maybe not too much, but you put it on, whatever, and you do that. And listen, I, my wife, I, she'll say to me sometimes, you smell good. She will. Amen. If she says that, I'm like, well, thank you. Amen. And that's all right. And you, you fellas know what it's like. If your wife, you don't want your wife, I, I, smelling like, you know, something bad. You, you want her to smell good. Amen. Why? Well, that attracts you. That is a part of, and as a child of God, we should attract people to come to Christ. Now go back with me just a moment. I want to show you a few things that I want to give you a thought tonight. And I, I want you to see it. First of all, I want you to see tonight that the ointment unspoiled we find in the beginning. You say, preacher, what do you mean by that? Think about this apothecary. He puts the very best he's got, the very best he has, his work, his effort. Why? It's for the king of glory. It's for the king of the kingdom. It's for the king. And he wants it to be his very best. So I want you to imagine when the Holy Spirit of God gets on the inside of us and the Holy Spirit of God is in our life. It is the very best that God's got. It is what God has. It is what attracts the world to us. It is what lets them see we're not the same as others. Alright? So you have the ointment unspoiled. Oh, listen. Like that day you got saved. And boy, that spirit in your life. That joy in your life. I mean, listen. The Baptist hadn't got a hold of you yet. Nobody else got a hold of you. You just glad you wasn't going to hell. You were glad you were saved. And you were enjoying that journey. And listen. There's the ointment that is unspoiled. But secondly, I want you to notice this. Something happens. Now, I don't know how they would have put this ointment in, whatever they had put it in. I'll share later what I believe in that. But I want you to understand that for some reason or another, and we'll use it in this instance, the apothecary, for some reason, left the top off the ointment. For some reason, this ointment got a fly in it. That means the apothecary, as much as he cared about it, as much as he wanted best for the king, as much as he wanted to do all he could for the, for the, some reason, this apothecary left the top off. Listen, it could have been he left it off because he was distracted. It could have been he left it off because he got his mind on something else. And maybe something else got his attention. It could have been that he left it off. And when he left it off, he left it off simply because it was an accident. I'm sure it was. He was the king's apothecary. He was the one that had the fragrance created for the kingdom. And there is a great possibility that he left it off by accident. But I want you to notice tonight, we go from seeing the ointment unspoiled to seeing the ointment unguarded. Now, if you study this area of the world in its geography, you'll find out this area of the world would have been notorious for flies. 
The flies would have absolutely been attracted to the ointment. And listen, the apothecary made a huge mistake. I don't know why he made it, but he left the lid off. other words, he let something get in his life that should not have been there. He let something get there that normally would not have been there. But I want you to understand this. I don't necessarily know if it was on purpose. I'm sure it wasn't. But he let it. Listen, don't miss this. You have to be careful in your walk with God and your Christian life. You have to be careful because sometimes you may unintentionally. Sometimes you may not be thinking much about it. Sometimes it may not be on your mind. But for some reason or another, you leave the lid off. Some reason or another, you get distracted. Some reason or another, you're not paying attention. And before you know it, the fly, the fly will get in. It'll get in the ointment. But notice this. The ointment is unguarded. Unguarded. Now I want you to see a third thing. I do not believe that one fly would have spoiled the ointment. Nor do I believe that a fly coming by that would have spoiled the ointment. No doubt about it. It was unguarded. No doubt about it. The lid was left off. But I want you to notice something. Evidently, the apothecary hadn't come by to check it, hadn't looked at it, or at least uh, he was distracted in a way that the fly had time enough to stay in it and die. And probably brought more with it. Other words, now... What was meant for a king is being ruined by a small thing. And now what is meant for a king is being ruined. And the the fragrance and the smell is going to be gone. And the king is not going to want a fragrance that doesn't attract others in the kingdom. Listen, I want to say this and understand this. You and I, and I'm preaching on this thought tonight, you and I need to swat them flies. You and I need to swat them flies. Listen, I'll never forget. This hadn't been long ago. I was in the bathroom home getting ready to go somewhere. And there was a fly flying around. I mean, just an aggravating, you know, didn't want to land. You know, kept waiting on it to land. It All around, you know. And my dog's in the other room. You know, I got the door closed because I don't want the fly to get out. And he keeps flying around, flying around. Now, I know this is kind of weird. And I'm in there getting ready. And I keep hearing the thing. All of a sudden, it was silent. I thought, that joke was going to land somewhere. And I started looking around. And I found that fly. He's over there right in front of the shower on the rug. Son, I picked up a towel. I swung hard enough. It would have killed an elephant, not a fly. I mean, I swung hard as I could. And when I hit that thing, I killed that joker, buddy. And I did something weird. I don't know why I did this. I grabbed it, opened the door, showed my dog. I got it, buddy. I got it. Amen. Preacher, what are you saying? I want you to understand something tonight. There are flies in our life that we can't let get in our life, that we have to keep them out. We can't allow them to get in the ointment. So not only do you see the ointment is unguarded, but you also see the ointment is unexamined. The Bible tells us let a man examine himself. 
And there is no doubt that one fly going there is not enough. There is no doubt that it took more. There is no doubt. Listen, I was preaching this message in a church in Troy, North Carolina. And I told people when I was preaching the message, and this one, it was uh, uh, extremely new to me. And I told them, I said, I want you tonight. I didn't tell them why. I told them the night before, I want you to bring a fly swatter with you to church tonight. I want you to bring a fly swatter to church. I got a little nervous to lie. The kids had them too. But I said, I want you to bring a fly swatter to church. I walked in that night. There's fly swatters. Everybody's got a fly swatter. I preached the message and I talked about those flies getting in your life that can ruin your life. Here's what I did. I got to the invitation and I said to all those people, I said, now I want you to do me a favor. I said, I don't want you to make uh, uh, this to be a funny thing or nothing, but here's what I want you to do. In just a moment, if there's a fly that you constantly have to try to keep out of your life, if there's a fly you have to constantly try to keep from bothering you in your life, I want you in just a moment to walk up with your fly swatter, just tap the altar, and then I want you to kneel down and pray and ask God to swat that fly. I did that. And a lot of people came up and they did as I said, and they just tapped it and began to pray. I looked over to my left, and there was a lady weeping. And she wasn't tapping the altar. She was slamming a fly swatter on the altar. She was hitting it so hard, preacher, that you could hear it going off. And she's slamming it on that altar. And she's weeping while she's doing it. And you know what that said to me in my life? There is some fly that has got in her life. There is something that has got in her, uh, 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 in, in the fragrance. And, and it has ruined something in her life. And because of that, she's ready to get rid of it. Can I say something to you tonight, and I believe this? All of us got flies we need to swat. Let me tell you something. The devil's all, all you got to do is leave the lid off. Quit reading the Word of God. Quit praying. Quit guarding. Quit watching who you hang around. Quit watching who gets in your life. And before you know it, that fly will get in there. And then if you don't catch it, that fly will get in it or sink in it or die, and others will start getting in it. And what will happen is it will ruin the attractiveness of your life for the King of glory. Now watch tonight. we got to swat them flies. we got to swat them flies. Amen? But why in the world, preacher, would you preach that? I was hoping you'd ask me. I want you, if you would, to go with me in the Word of God one other place. One other place. Let me just say real quick, if you're outlining something tonight, not only do you see the ointment uh, that was unspoiled, the ointment that was unguarded, the ointment that was unexamined, the ointment, listen now, that was unattractive. No lady ever walks through belts anywhere, goes back to the perfume place and says, hey, do you have any of that skunk perfume? Why? Because that's not too attractive. Right? But I want you to watch this. I want you to see the ointment unsurpassed. Take your Bible. Go with me, if you would, to chapter number 12 tonight of the Gospel of John. Chapter number 12 tonight of the... Boy, I know where I'm going. I'm already excited. Chapter number 12 of the Gospel of John. I want you to look with me, if you would, at John 12 and verse number 3 tonight. The Bible says... Then took Mary, 
a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus. And wiped his feet with her hair. A woman's hair in the Old Testament was her glory. In other words, she was given her glory for his glory. And wiped his feet with her hair. And watch this now. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Say, preacher, what are you saying? You know a Mary also that broke open an alabaster box. It was the very best she had. And she opened it up. And she broke it open for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say to you tonight, that's why we got to guard the ointment. That's why we can't let anything get in our life and ruin our joy and ruin who we are. It's because you and I have got to break open that alabaster box and say, Lord, this is the best I got for you that others may come to him. Amen. You know what the Bible says about that ointment? It says it was so good that it filled the house. If somebody were to walk in the house, they would say, My, that smells good. What is that? Somebody would say, That's the best that Mary had. And she kept it for a king. Somebody help me now. That's the best she had. You know why it was good? She kept the lid on. You know, mm. yeah, hallelujah. I'm enjoying preaching this myself. Amen. I might give myself a love offering in a minute. Hey, you know, listen. Do you understand that our lives are the only thing people see? We ought to be Christians. That when others get around us, They sense the fragrance. Amen. Oh, I've been around a few men of God in my life, preacher. Been around a few few people that sing in my life. Few people, and you know, when they walked in a room, you could just sense the presence of God. Let me tell you something happened to me a few years ago. I pastored my first church fourteen years. Then for two years, I was in evangelism. And uh, October, I will be 21 years at Calvary. So I've been pastoring Baptist Church the most time. But two years, I was in evangelism. I was working out of a church in Blacksburg, South Carolina. My pastor, uh, he's in his 80s now, still there. He's stepping down in January, and they're getting, getting another pastor. And, and he's been a great mentor to me in my life. Gave me some of the greatest advice when I started. Just a great mentor. They had told me I was preaching a meeting, and Miss Wendy and I, this is for my, let me see, yeah, for my, excuse me, my daughter was born, let me think. No, she's 30. It wasn't before she was born. She was just little. All right? And anyway, do y'all remember what a Ryan's restaurant is? Anybody remember Ryan's? I'm talking about the buffet bar and all that. Now, a lot of them in our area is closed. I don't know if they've all closed or not. But anyway, uh, on Saturday nights, that is the redneck hangout. Y'all help me now. I'm ready. I know what I'm talking about. Praise God. And you let me have all the chicken I want, taters I want, candy, yam, glory to God, corn, beans, more chicken. Then maybe some more chicken. Amen. My pastor said, Brother Chris, he said, we've got a preacher with us this week. And he said, uh, we're going to take him to Queensland. I said, you and Miss Wendy coming through there. I said, yes, sir. We're headed to a church. I'm preaching in Sunday. He said, we want y'all to join us for 
for supper at Quincy's. I thought, well, hallelujah, we'll do that. So Wendy and I come off interstate and we're traveling 85 and we come off into Shelby, North Carolina. There's a Ryan's there and we get there and the parking lot's packed. I, I mean, it, it's just, it's just full of people there. And we get there and I sit down and there's this old time preacher that's with my pastor. He's way up in years. Um, I don't know if you ever knew a preacher, a man by the name of Brother A.C. Carpenter. Brother Carpenter was like that. And uh, this man of God was there, and he was sitting there and uh, just had a great touch. First time I'd ever met him, I met him when I was preaching in a jubilee at Gateway Baptist Church in Boulder Springs, South Carolina. Just, just I'm talking about just a man of God. So anyway, we enjoy a meal. There's people going all over the place. There are people at the buffet bar. I mean, it is packed. Well, finally, I looked at my pastor and I said, I said, preacher, I, I, I'm going to have to go. We got it. We got a pretty good ways to travel. And then I'm preaching tomorrow. I said, I want to thank y'all for the meal. Well, when I did that, this old man of God stood up, looked at me and he said, my son, he said, before you leave, can I pray for you? And I said, well, yes, sir. I'm talking about fragrance. Talking about fragrance. I said, sure, I'd love for you to, preacher. Yes, be an honor. Probably in his 80s. We're in Ryan's on Saturday night. It's loud, kids running, people at the buffet bar slobbering over chicken. You know, it's it's, it's rough. Watch now. Watch now. I thought he was just going to bow his head and say, Lord, I pray you bless this young man, his wife, daughter, help him. Oh, no. He starts praying loud enough you could hear him at a Quincy's in another town. And I'm talking about praying with a touch of God. I've never, my wife should nicely testify to it. I wouldn't even tell you, you can call her and ask her. I'm not making this up. All of a sudden that Quince, that rhymes went quiet. I'm talking about you couldn't hear a spoon. You, you couldn't hear, you, I mean, I'm, I mean, Bub was up there in his NASCAR shirt, some up there in, in their, in, in their tank tops. I'm talking about some wearing things they really shouldn't be wearing anymore. I mean, I'm talking about, it's everybody, and it's quiet. Oh God. And that man's praying. He's breaking open that alabaster box. I'm talking about as quiet as this right here, right now. Ryan's on a Saturday night. He gets done praying and all over the whole building. Amen. <laughs> I'm talking about it was like an anthem. Amen. And then I said, everybody went back crazy. <laughs> if I would have stood up and prayed like that, I'm afraid somebody would have said, sir, could you hold it down a little bit? We're trying to eat chicken. But that old man of God had a fragrance. When God changed my life in preaching, I was in Lynchburg, Virginia years ago with my wife's family. And one of my heroes, or at least I never met him in person, but a preacher I used to love to listen to on cassette tapes, if you remember what those were, love to listen was B.R. Lakin. Called him a prince of preachers. Pastor the great Cato Tabernacle and did great things for God. This is back when Falwell and, and that university were solid and strong at that time. 
B.R. Lakin is buried on Liberty Mountain in Lynchburg, Virginia. And I knew that. My wife's family were Methodists. They didn't know a whole lot about the heritage uh, of some of that. And it was in November. It was up for Thanksgiving. There was a little snow coming down. And I asked my wife, I said, can you take your family and, and you just, um, y'all go look around down here a little bit. I want to go up here by myself a minute. And I walked up to the grave of B.R. Lakin. And I laid across that grave in November. And I said, God, I don't know what he had. I don't know everything about it. But if I could get a touch of that in my life. God, if you let me have it. You know what I was asking for? That fragrance. That fragrance. Oh, I'll never be be our lake and I don't even try to be. But I will tell you this. I want people when they come encounter with me in my life. I want people to know, you know what? He kind of gives off a good fragrance for the Lord. Amen. A good fragrance for the Lord. And so I want to ask you tonight, what fly is it that aggravates you all the time? What fly is it that the devil tries his best to get in the ointment? And you have to guard all you can. You have to guard it so the devil can't get it. What is that? Can I ask you to do me a favor tonight? Would you be willing as the pianist comes and we have the invitation? Would you be willing to swat that fly? Would you be willing tonight? Would you be willing tonight to say, devil, you're not gonna, I'm not going to let that get in my life. I'm going to guard it. I'm going to keep the top on tight. Because one day for the king of glory, one day for the king of glory, I want to break open my alabaster box. And one day for the king of glory, as I break open my alabaster box, I want it to be a fragrance that will draw other people to Christ. Would you stand with me tonight as she plays on the piano? Do you know what that fly is tonight? What's that thing the devil tries to get you with all the time? Don't mean you you surrender to it. Don't mean you leave the top off. But buddy, he tries to get you with it all the time. I want to encourage you tonight to swat that fly. Many have already come. Some come forward. We even start the invitation. Why? Because we all know what the devil tries to use. That aggravating, that, that thing that's always trying to bother us, that temptation, that thing that's always wanting to come at us and try to rob us of our fragrance for the King of glory. I don't know about you tonight, but I want to say this. It may not be hugely important to this world, but it's very important to me tonight that the fragrance of the Lord Jesus is experienced in my life. All friends, that's so important tonight. So important. Swat that fly. Swat that fly. Do not let it get in your life and ruin what God can do in your life. You say, Pastor, do you have somebody? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, I I swat them all the time. Because all the time, Satan tried his best to rob me of the joy that God's given me in my life. Pastor's going to come while the altar's a full night. You praying, you keep praying. Listen, you know what that fly is. Don't let Satan ruin the ointment. 